Welcome to the Chase Sagum Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Sagum. Today we're going to be talking about uh, the book, The Obstacle is the Way. This is a cool new thing we're going to be doing called the Rereadables. And I'm going to be going over some of the, the coolest notes from the book. If you haven't read it, uh, this will be a great chance to, to learn, get a quick, uh, quick synopsis of what's inside. And if uh, you have read it, it'll be a good reminder. So uh, let's get into it. But first, the intro. So one of the cool things I wanted to start doing, uh, we're calling it the Rereadables. And shout out to the great podcast from The Ringer called um, the, the Rewatchables, which is an amazing podcast. I highly recommend it. Um, if you're ever looking for some escapism and uh, trying to get your mind off of work, maybe you're doing some chores around the house, whatever, um, the Rewatchables is a great, great podcast. It's it's Bill Simmons and that whole Ringer network, and uh, they do a great job of doing some really cool background homework and research on old movies and kind of like old famous movies, movies that we we all know and are well known here in America and, and around the world. So, um, kind of a, an ode to Rewatchables. We're creating the Rereadables, where we're going to be covering at least once a week. I'm going to cover a new book. Um, and kind of cover the the high level best notes that I have from the book, and uh, you know, kind of a two prong uh, approach there. One is if you haven't read the book, you can get some great value out of out of this recording, and and uh, if if uh, you are interested in reading it, you can obviously give it gives you a good preview. And if you have read it before, it's always a good reminder, right? One of the things I like to do is I I take actual physical notes on a Google Doc for every book that I read. I don't know if you have a similar process to me, but I like to take notes because I find that the process of taking notes is actually a, a memory activity. It helps me retain information uh, that I'm reading. But also, uh, it's just nice to go back and, and check out some of the cool things that you learn. Sometimes it's a good reminder. Keep the book on the shelf, You know, reference it often. Some of the best books you, you can reuse for years, right? So um, the book we're going to be covering today is a book called The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. And this book, New York Times bestseller, you probably have heard of it. If don't, if you don't, you know, don't feel don't feel dumb. But uh, it's an amazing book. Um, and, and it's very, uh, it's very much about the title. So let's get into some of the notes. Um, this book, I think, you know, I think it hits home for a lot of you who are in business or in your career and you're dealing with obstacles or you've dealt with obstacles in the past and it's it helps you kind of see things from a better perspective and and I think it's a good reminder for how we should really look at obstacles. Too often do we try to uh, avoid obstacles in business and in our careers when in reality it's those obstacles that actually give us all the learnings and all the strength that we have and all the good judgment and all the good knowledge and experience. So a couple of the things that you know, I want to highlight and let's get into it. Um, he quotes Andy Grove, the famous Intel CEO, to start the book off. And the quote is, Bad companies are destroyed by crisis. Good companies survive them. Great companies are improved by them. 
And if you take the word companies, and if you were to just replace that with employee, with contractor, with um, whatever your job role is, you know, whether it be web developer, web designer, um, you know, engineer, or, um, you know, sales manager, whatever that term is, I think this quote is perfect for that. So like, for example, bad sales managers are destroyed by crisis. Good sales managers survive them. Great sales managers are improved by them. Great, great quote. Um, there's a good quote in there as well that he, he has from Rockefeller. The quote says, Be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. Um, really cool. Uh, we can see the opportunity in every disaster. I'm just reading these notes to you. By the way, I've compiled these at the bottom of the podcast here on SoundCloud and and in iTunes. Everything that happens, be it be it an economic crash or a personal tragedy, is a chance to move forward. Think about that. How many of you are scared about the idea of a potential recession similar to the one that we experienced? here in America in 2007 and 2008. Are you scared about another recession that's going to happen? Because it's going to happen. Markets, uh, you know, in the United States correct themselves historically every 10 or so years. We're on year 11, 10 or 11, depending on how you look at it, since the last recession. Are you scared about a recession that's a, that, that is around the corner? Or do you see it as an opportunity? I'll tell you, I see it as an opportunity in my business. Um, I run a digital marketing agency, the Sagem organization. Um, historically, consulting firms, third-party consulting firms like branding agencies, uh, marketing agencies, do really well in times of recessions because uh, people get laid off and, and companies cut costs and they look to third-party organizations to help them save those costs. And so I'm, I'll be honest, I, I'm, I'm not looking forward to a recession because I, like you, own prop may own property or um you know obviously i remember i'm 35 i remember the last recession and how hard it was and and how tough it was for families around the country and family members and friends and what they experienced but i'm also aware of the opportunities that arise during a recession um there's great entrepreneur opportunities when when recessions happen um and there's great opportunities for those of you who are willing to see it as a positive thing and, and are willing to work harder than the next guy or gal. Um, keep going down the notes here. Um, I, I don't agree to be intimidated. I resist the temptation to declare this a failure. That's an interesting quote, he says. Um, when you worry, ask yourself, what am I choosing to not see right now? What important things are you missing because you choose worry over introspection, alertness, or wisdom? Think about that. So when you're worrying about something and these things come up in, in times of obstacles, you get so consumed over, and this is getting into the psychology of, uh, of business and entrepreneurship a little bit here, but you know, we all have these experiences where we, we're faced with a mini crisis or what we consider a crisis. 
And all we can do is be consumed by the emotional feelings we get about that crisis. And the question that the book poses is, what am I choosing to not see right now? What things am I not looking at? What perspectives am I not seeing? What angles am I not looking at? Pretty cool way, pretty cool critical thinking question to ask yourself. What am I choosing to not see right now? I also like how he says, what other, what important things are you missing because you choose worry over introspection? We're emotional creatures as human beings. And in my experience, the best managers, CEOs, leaders, leaders in the form of teachers, coaches, businessmen, uh, CEOs, uh, church leaders, whatever, they're all great at introspection. They're all great at taking a step back. But it's really hard to take a step back and have introspection when you're in an obstacle. And it's something that you've got to work on. And I find critical thinking questions like this, what am I choosing to not see right now, as a great way to do that. Um, I love this question he, he poses in the book. Do I need to freak out about this? Do I need to freak out? You know, you're freaking out about something, but do you really need to? Um, you know, a, an employee that you have, um, you know, drops the ball on a couple major objectives for the company. You're really upset and you're freaking out about it. But do you need to? If you took introspection instead of worry or instead of stress, what different perspective would you look at? Uh, you know, w w would you see? How different would you look at the problem um, if you asked yourself the question, do I really need to freak out about this? The most harmful dragon we chase is the one that makes us think we can change things that are simply not ours to change. It's an interesting quote from the book. The most harmful dragon we chase is the one that makes us think we can change things that are simply not ours to change. You know, when uh, the I, I keep coming back to the 2007-2008 uh, housing bubble market recession, I was in the middle of starting my first business, a web development consulting agency, and it was a bad time. It was a bad time, but rather than blaming it, blaming it on the market, the real reality was at the same time I bought a home, my first home in 2007, overinflated, I bought this town home in in a town called Cedar Hills, Utah, and I probably spent I think sixty or seventy thousand more dollars than I should have on it because I bought it in the summer of two thousand seven, and it was causing me so much financial stress while trying to run the business at the same time that um, I became consumed with the market and with the recession, and that that was my problem. And you can't change that, right? You can't change a market recession yourself, but you can change how you react to it. You can change how you evolve around it or evolve to it. And I think that's what that quote, what makes that quote so powerful. Here's another interesting thing that he references, and you'll want to dig into the book to, to see some of the citations that he has to back this up. But this was, I bolded this in my notes, and this is perhaps the most profound um, statement, in my opinion, that that is mentioned in the book, The Obstacle is the Way. Half the companies in the Fortune 500 were started during a bear market or recession in the United States. Think about that. Half the companies in the Fortune 500 leveraged a bear market or a recession or both 
to become who they are today. Now, if that doesn't tell you something, uh, you know, I don't know what will, but that's the opportunity that we all have. Now, some of you who may be listening, you may you may not be owning a company or running a company. You may be a critical um, piece to a great team. You may be a manager or uh, an engineer. This still applies to you. You know, when competition, when a market squeezes, competition squeezes. And you have to find a way to evolve and stay at the top. But what's interesting about recessions and, and bear markets is that the prize at the end of the rainbow is, is greater uh, if you can survive. And so I think that's how, you, how we all have to look at it. Um, there's a great term in there called adversarial growth in the book. I think it's another way of looking at how obstacles and, and uh, problems grow you and force you to grow. Post-traumatic growth is another term that's used in the book. Um, here's another uh, great uh, point that he makes about prag- pragmatism. Don't worry about the, quote, right way. Worry about the right way. Um, don't worry about the, yeah, sorry. Don't worry about the right way. Worry about doing things the right way. And then here's, he says, in a study of 280 successful war campaigns, only six were won via straight-on attack on the enemy's main army. So it's a great part of the book where he talks about how you have to start thinking differently. And in, and in when market crunches, you have to start, or in obstacles, you have to start looking for different angles. And you're never forced to look for different angles until those tough times come along. Here's my last piece from the book, and then I'll end. You don't convince people by challenging their longest and most firmly held opinions. You find common ground and work from there. In the book, he's talking about um, how to overcome obstacles in the form of, in the world of politics or in the world of um, trying to get people to come together and find common ground, which is one of the more difficult obstacles we face, not just micro, but macro as a society, as a country. And um, it's a great quote about, look for things that you find common ground on. If you look at, and not to turn this into being too political, because you know I like to try to stay away from that a little bit in this podcast, but... You know, if you look at Twitter and if you follow the news and if you follow any media whatsoever, everything is so divided because people are not interested in finding common ground in those outlets. They're just looking to make their case for what, you know, the way they see the world. And if you're really trying to do something great, that doesn't, that doesn't work. You actually have to find common ground first, regardless of how much you disagree. And it's a great way to overcome obstacles. So with this, you know, I want to encourage you to read the book, The Obstacles of the Way by, by Ryan Holiday. It's a fantastic book. It's a super short book, guys. It's like, what is it, 100 and, I mean, yeah, 177 pages, but the book is super small. So you'll get through it pretty quickly. I think it's a good reminder for you, for whatever obstacles and problems you're dealing with in your career right now. It's a great, and maybe you're in school, so maybe your obstacles are are in education and still, you know, while you're in college, or you know, maybe you're in your undergrad or whatever. It's a great reminder for why you have obstacles. And it's so hard to keep a good, steady outlook on this, but you have to remember, if you are not having obstacles right now, if you are not in the line of fire, and I'm using air quotes, then... It's not only that, you know, 
that's not good and you need to find a way to, you actually need to seek out those obstacles because it's the only way we grow as people. And specifically in our careers, you know, rather than just building tools and automations and things in your career and in your job or in your company that just makes things smooth sailing, you've got to spend some time identifying what the biggest problems are. What are the biggest problems in your job, in your company? Um, what are they and how do you attack them tomorrow, tomorrow morning? Deal with them head on. The best CEOs do this, but I don't think it's just a CEO lesson. I think it's a lesson for all of us. Put some critical thinking questions down on paper. Think about the problems that you need to solve, but you're you're scared to solve and deal with those. You'll grow and learn much faster. Now, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir a little bit. I know many of you who listen to this think that way. I'm also coaching myself a little bit here because I deal with this. I, uh, I have my times where I meet my problems head on as, as a CEO, and sometimes I don't. And uh, when I don't, my company struggles, but more importantly, I struggle. And we've, gotta, we've all got to meet our problems head on. So I hope you liked uh, uh, this episode of The Rereadables. I would love your feedback. Um, let me know if you think I should continue these uh, or if you think this is a bad idea. I love honest feedback. Uh, until then, we'll talk to you next time. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Chase Sagan Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on SoundCloud. Also on SoundCloud, you can post uh, any questions or topics you want me to cover for future episodes. And stay tuned for the next one. Thanks.